Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem. Then, and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So that they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in a manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told to them about this child. And all who heard this wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all of these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and they had seen, just as they had been told. The uh, thing that you get out of the Christmas story, if you leave it where you just read in Luke's Gospel, uh, you miss it. Let me give you a couple of reasons. There's a lot of things that come out of the gospel and the birth of Christ that I think people miss. One is him in a manger and there was no room in the end. You know what we call that where I come from? A blessing. Because ends in the time of the birth of Christ were brothels. So Joseph, being of the lineage of David, did not want his child born in a house of prostitution. The other thing that people miss is that David and Mary both were of the line of David. Messiah was supposed to come from where? The line of David. That's where the king would come from. So when they cruised into town, everyone would have known who they were and that they were there for the census, contrary to all of the experts who are trying to say they are immigrants. They had come down to be counted for taxation. And they went to their original city, which was the city of David, which you and I know as Bethlehem. So they would have been welcomed with open arms to any home that they knocked on the door. Now then they said, well, well, he was in a manger. Every house in Bethlehem being an agricultural home. Guess what? The barn and the house were hooked together. Not only were they hooked together, it was so pleasant because the living quarters that everybody was in would look over where the livestock was. So it had ambiance and fragrance. Okay, You and I have uh, westernized the king. He was Jewish. He was not a Gentile. And so when we 
sing these things, we keep thinking he was born in lowly places. No, his parents would have been taken in to a home in the city of David and probably had a few people stuck in that home. And so when she gave birth, he was birthed in a manger, which it's actually made out of stone, the ones that I saw. Okay? The nativity that you and I see all the time, okay, with the little, and they're all kind of hanging out together, and then they got the little manger thing, and that, that came from a man named St. Francis of Assisi. Okay? The Christmas tree came from a man named Martin Luther, and it was totally for his wife's purposes. The giving of Christmas cards and or Facebook pages, I guess, those came from Victorian England. Okay? But the singing of Christmas carols came from the angelic host. And they began by singing it to the most lowly people on the planet. The shepherds. Okay, so when you think about the birth of Christ, and he was lowly in a manger. Nah, he wasn't lowly in a manger. He was in someone who understood that his parents were of the lineage of David, and that he was there for the census. It's interesting, isn't it? Let me give you another picture of the gospel. One that we sometimes seem to lose when I explain to you some of the things what we call traditions are just that. Okay? Comes from the gospel of Matthew. Chapter 2. Beginning at verse 1. Now after Jesus was born... In Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem. So did you get that? He was already born. You know who who was there in the manger with him? Besides his mother and father? Shepherds. And the household which he stayed in. Okay. Where is he? Who has been born the king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. Okay, that's an interesting statement. When the Magi traveled, they traveled, each Magi, basically kingmaker, would travel with about a thousand to twenty two hundred cavalry. Okay, so if there was three, which everybody likes to think, the Bible doesn't say that, you've got close to 6,000, if there was more than that, you could have had 10,000 armed soldiers rolling into town. 
Which is kind of interesting because I, liking history, understand that at that time, Herod had sent his entire garrison up to Galilee to shut down an uprising. So Herod was unarmed. So he was peace-loving tranquilities, dude. Okay? And it says all of Jerusalem was troubled with him. Uh, yeah. I bet they were. Gathering together all of the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, For this is what has been written by the prophets. You and you, Bethlehem, land of Judea, are by no means least among the leaders of Judea. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people. Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time that the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go! And search carefully for the child. And when you have found him, report to me so that I too may come and worship him. After hearing the king, they went on their way. And the star which had been seen in the east went before them until they came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell on the ground and worshipped him. When the opening their treasures, they presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream, not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. We've all heard that, right? You know what's amazing about the time that this is going on? Anytime you had royalty, a king, it, he was noted by what? Gold. Gold was his arraignment. Gold was his adornment. Frankincense, you have to cut from a tree and you harvest it and it comes out as a resin. And then you have to allow that resin to sit and then you seep it. Okay, and then it becomes a powder. And is that powder. And it has one purpose that was used in that time, frankincense. You know what it was that used for? It was used by the priest to offer burnt Offering aroma incense unto God. And myrrh came from a tree and it was used for embalming. If you go look at his record of his death, he was wrapped in grave claws. And remember, they went a day after to, to wrap his body in what? Myrrh. 
So what you have right there at his birth, one is the gold from these men from the east, Persians. Persians who had been instructed by the lineage of Daniel. They offered gold to the king. But they also offered frankincense for the high priest. But they also offered myrrh, knowing that this baby was a sacrifice. It's fascinating. Totally, totally fascinating. Some information on the birth of Christ. Okay? I hope you were encouraged by it. I listen to people. I have uh, I've kind of had a bumpy week last couple of weeks. And it's amazing how people become distressed over quote-unquote Christmas. And it is a time, great numbers of suicide. It is a time when people feel inadequate. They feel alone. They feel, what's the point? Yet in Luke's Gospel, chapter 1 and chapter 2, chapter 3, all you hear over and over and over is rejoice. Great joy, great peace I bring to you. And I ask myself, how are we this far out and we don't have the joy and the peace and the rejoicing and the celebration? Well, I didn't get my Nintendo. Do they even make Nintendo anymore? I don't know. Whatever they're doing these days. Okay, I... I, I just I just listen to people and I'm like, wow, man, you're missing it. So I want to take you back 612 years before the birth of Christ. Okay? A man named Isaiah. Isaiah had his hands full and it seemed like that uh, everyone in the sphere of Isaiah, they only hated him. And then the other half just wanted him dead. But other than that, it really wasn't that bad a deal. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and you will call His name Emmanuel. Emmanuel is God with us. I read an article some time ago on uh, a guy wrote it in March the 23rd, 1930. Guy's name was Frank Lombach. He was a missionary. He became a lifelong experiment of practicing the presence of God. Okay, he wrote in his journal, quote, Can we have that contact with God all of the time? All of the time awake, 
fall asleep in his arms and awaken in his presence. Can we attain that? Can we do this and do his will all of the time? Can we think his thoughts all of the time? He wrote, I choose to make the rest of my life an experiment in answering this question. Unquote. So, as he cultivated his, this habit, it transformed him. And later he wrote, quote, Things which I did not, I did with strain before, I now do easily with no effort whatsoever. I worry about nothing and I lose no sleep. Even the mirror reveals a new light in my eyes. Interesting concept, isn't it? The same author, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Brothers and sisters, that's that baby. That's that baby that you and I get together and we celebrate the birth of this cute little baby. This little bitty baby. And yet, the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. That little baby. That one, you know. If you've ever had kids, you know what I'm talking about. They're really cute. But then you have to take them home. But they're amazing. At just wow. I remember when my son was born, I was walking through the hospital. They told me to follow these little diamond squares and it'll take me over to the nursery. And I was cruising along and then the square diamonds went that way and they went that way. And I'm wandering around with this little thing and I'm going, yeah, I'm lost. But I didn't have to worry about the government resting on his shoulders. I didn't worry about him being wonderful counselor. I didn't worry about him being mighty God, eternal father, prince of peace. But there would be no there would be no end to the increase of his governance or of his peace. I think about that missionary. He set out on a task, an experiment. I think about all the people that I deal with on a daily basis who have no peace. 
They have no contentment. And they're always looking for counsel. And I think about this little child born in Bethlehem. The the Persians came from the east because of the influence of Daniel and his buddies during the captivity. And they were expecting wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And they brought him gold because he was king. They brought him frankincense because he was the high priest. They brought him myrrh knowing that he was a sacrifice. Brothers and sisters, I hate to break the news to you. That's Christmas. That's Christmas. And we get caught up into the nativity. We get caught up into the Christmas tree, the Christmas cards, the Christmas carols. I like carols. I started with angels. I'll go with that. Okay. But I share that because there, it is so easy for us in our society now to be distracted. And you'll have to forgive me. We are distracted by nothing. We are distracted by nothing. I was telling my, my daughter and son-in-law are in town from being out of town. And I told him, I said, uh, you need to go down to Castle Rock, man. That place is lit up like a used car lot. And they said, what? And I said, yeah, go check it out. They do a good job. They do a good job. But you know why the light is there? Because Jesus is the light of the world. Now, I don't know if he looks like a used car lot, but I share that because there are times that it breaks my heart to deal with people, and I think that his name, okay, his name, the word in the Bible, when you say his name, then what you're saying is all that he is. All that he is. That's his name. My name is Terry. They tell me that means tenderhearted. Yeah, well, okay, it doesn't always work. But all that the name of Emmanuel, God with us, encompasses, he's a wonderful counselor. Anybody here have to make decisions? None of you. Good. Hallelujah. He is the counselor. He is mighty God. His eternal Father, His Prince of Peace. And it says there will be no end to the increase of His government or of peace. Peace. I was talking to a person today. They've graduated. Not today. Yesterday. They've graduated. They were an atheist. And then they graduated to agnostic. And then I talked to them. And then they've graduated from that now. And they're humanist. And I was like, oh, I knew you'd come around. 
And he's, and I said, you know what a humanist is, right? He says, yeah, yeah, I, got, I know what it is. I said, what is it? And he says, well, if we are given the information and we know the information, we can put the pieces together and we can come up with a solution. I was like, right, you're right. He says, so you agree? And I said, absolutely, absolutely. And he says, wow, I never thought you'd agree with me. I said, yeah, I agree. And it's you humanists who keep telling me that you found peace. And I'm waiting for that solution. I don't think he'll talk to me anymore. But anyway, minor problem. You see what I'm trying to get at? He is the Prince of Peace. And his government will never not know peace. When you become a Christian, you have the peace with God. Once you step into that, guess what? You have the peace of God. And then you walk around and, and frustrate humanists. See what I'm trying to get at? This is that baby. This is that baby. That's why we celebrate the Lord's table. Why? He paid the price. For what? For your and my peace. It's a big price if you think about it. But I'll take it. I'll take it. Join us in prayer as we partake of the Lord's table. Father, I come before you, Prince of Peace, Eternal Father, Mighty God, Wonderful Counselor, Eternal Existence at the Throne of David, Child in a Manger, and Isaiah understood that it was only going to be God with us. Father, that's Christmas. God with us. We have our traditions. But I pray, Father, that we'll walk from here. And the only thing that will be in our minds is God with us. To you, my King, my Lord, my Savior. Amen.